You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Tell the story. Come on. No, no. I've I've had one day like that. I had one day where I had two. At, this was at Tanqua too, or where the rods were going crazy. I had two going, but uh, you know, for the most part, I've just had nothing but headaches trying to keep two rods going properly yeah um you know i'll use one rod to you know to as a test rod and just see if my indicator goes down yeah. and stop trying to uh to grab it because there's like uh, i've just had too many times where i'd have one rod in my hand and the other one would go and then you know i'd go to grab that one and something would happen with this one i never had the right rod in my hand at the right time anyway so <laughs> that's what um, she said <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I I'm I'm totally happy just using one rod. I I've got more confidence in rod when uh, Mark's got the other the other rod going anyway because uh, I, I know that he he's going to have it better dialed in than with my second rod anyway. So well, and, and there's something about having it in your uh, the fishing rod in your hand when that fish bites too. Oh like, yeah, yeah. And it's just sitting there. It's like, well, are you fishing? I guess I don't know. <laughs> I like I like I don't. So many times we've seen it, like the, we've seen guys where the fish will take the line and, and just run with it. But there's so many times, like I, uh, more times than not, when your indicator doesn't even go under. It just yeah. moves different than what you would think it was. And if you didn't have the rod in your hand, yeah. you, you'd miss it. Well, that's exactly right. And so for, for those that, that may not know this, so BC, we have some, some interesting rules. So we can't fish with a team of flies. You have to fish one fly. Mm -hmm. But if you are on your own in your boat, you can have two rods. So mm -hmm. like for me, that's a gong show. It's like I have all it's of a sudden, a gong show. well, your attention is split between two things. So you're really not doing anything right. You know what I mean? It's like you're half-assing this, yeah. you're half-assing that. Sometimes they're both going 100%. down. But that, I'm with you on that, Brian. It drives me nuts. Like my buddy, he always fishes, um, Stevie, he always fishes two rods when he's in his pontoon. And he usually outfishes me. But I will tell you that nothing drives me more crazy than seeing that indie go down and not even noticing it. And then it's like, it pops mm -hmm. back up and I'm like, damn it. I just missed a fish. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's exactly it with me too. I hate that. Oh yeah. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I get a little excited <laughs> here. It's the middle of January. I feel, I feel oh, like we need to go fishing. Oh man. <laughs> it's the winter doldrums. I'll tell you that much. Ugh, killing me. So, um, I was going to ask you guys when you're fishing crawnies, so you're fishing crawnies on, say you got one rod out there, you're both in the same boat, you have an indicator out there to move or not to move. Like when I say move, I mean to move the indicator, to move the line. I don't, I'm, I'm not talking about the boat or the anchor. I'm sure Mark's probably already got the anchors up and you're moving, but. Are, <laughs> yeah. Are, 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 <laughs> well, I, I was ready to jump on that one. <laughs> are you, are you, you give it, sometimes I find you go like one, two, three, and then just wait. And then it goes down. And then other times it's like, don't touch it. Any thoughts ahead, on right. that? Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the twitch. Yeah, uh, the you know they you, if rather than I like rather than do the slow hand twist retrieve, I always been like a wait and then do a couple quick twitches uh, and then wait and then do a couple quick twitches twitches rather than slowly bringing it in because so many times you do a twitch and then boop the indicator just drops 
kids like instantly. Yep. So I, I that's I'm always kind of leave it for a bit, twitch for a bit, leave it for a bit, twitch for a bit, and then if you make it all the way in, then you just you know um, cast another twenty degrees to the left or to the right and uh, and do it over again. Welcome to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires, bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Here we go. Uh, have you guys got anything cold to drink? Are you guys drinking anything right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Just... I got a little Bailey's going on at the moment. Bailey's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just on it straight up, Bailey's? Yeah. Any ice in there? Yeah, ice. Wow. <laughs> Is that... Is that like a sell Surrey thing? <laughs> no, no, no. I just got a bottle for Christmas, so I'm like, I got to use it up anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just messing with you. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you chose to join us this time around. And we got a couple of guys on the line tonight that are uh, pretty passionate in the fly fishing space. We've got Mark Yodagawa out of Delta, British Columbia, Canada. And we've got Brian Hamanishi out of South Surrey. He's got the Baileys on the go. This is, I've had good word of this, maybe a little ice. Um, gentlemen, thanks for coming on the podcast tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, great. No thanks problem. for having us. <laughs> My pleasure. So let's. Um... Long time listening, first time caller. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? Somebody said that to me the other day. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, did, I must have a live show that I don't know about, but. Um, let's, let's start with, with you, Mark, um, because we got three people on the call. Sometimes it's easy to kind of get trapped talking over each other, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to direct it a little bit. But, um, so Mark, why don't we start at the beginning? I always like to start on this Mm -hmm. show, kind of how fly fishing started for you. Now you guys, BC fly tie guys, I know you guys are right into fly fishing, doing patterns, and I think getting into a a little bit of competitive fishing from what I I remember. But Mark, why don't you walk us through your journey, how you came to discover fly fishing? (laughs) It's a long journey, I guess. My dad was a commercial fisherman out of Seaston. So um, I was around the docks my whole life fishing for chub and flounders and that sort of thing. And and uh, commercial fishing all around the West Coast, around the island, up the coast. So fishing's been in the blood for a long time. I always had a rod in my hand, casting a buzz bomb or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the fly fishing really kind of kicked in. We, we started going to the Thompson River, steelhead fishing in the early 80s. Our family would go up every Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I mean, tragic loss, that fishery, but great memories. Hmm. And uh, I was following a guy. This is in uh, 1995, 96. I was kind of following a guy and chatting with him, and and he was fly fishing. Um, I let him go ahead of me, and uh, he's coming up to this place. I always know there's a steelhead there. And uh, so I was watching him intently, and sure enough, uh, 
I watched his line straighten, tighten. I watched him set it, saw the fish come out of the water, and pretty much I was hooked after that. So <laughs> I knew that's something I wanted to get into. Right and uh, I had a couple of buddies that were already into it. Uh, it's a mutual friend of ours, Stan Takanaka. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he taught me how to cast in the backyard, and and then I met Bry. How's the uh, how's the stability on those rocks back in the day? Uh, what's that? On the Thompson. Uh, uh, on the Thompson. Oh man. Well, I mean, we stayed on shore. I was a gear checker back then. So, um, but yeah, when it, when it was icy or whatever, it was, uh, there's some cold, cold winters and many slips and falls. Brian had a big one. I remember. <laughs> I did right into the river. <laughs> yeah. Brian, talk to me about your introduction to fly fishing. How did it all start for you? Walk us through that journey. Well, for me, um, I started fishing when I was like really young. I was about five years old and, uh, my grandparents lived up in the caribou up by hundred mile house. And, uh, so every summer for, since I was about five till 15, I'd go up the entire summer and, uh, we'd fish up in the caribou with my grandfather. It started out, uh, trolling for tenders and stuff like that. Then it got to, uh, trolling black leeches and things like that. And then, um, once I got older, you know, things kind of, uh, take over and, and you end up, uh, you know, going to school, going to work and, and the whole nine yards. And so I started my plumbing apprenticeship in 92. And, uh, one of the guys that I was working with was a big fly fisher. And, uh, we, we were living in the lower mainland at the time. And I never even considered being able to go out and, and fish in the interior, um, without a boat or anything like that. So he kind of, uh, kind of set me up with uh, a float tube and and some fins and and we went up to the interior for a couple days and and uh he kind of showed me the the intricacies of of fly fishing and and uh, started trolling around with flies just kicking in a float tube and and stuff like that and um you know just from reading books and things like that just kept um mm-hmm. trying different things and and eventually got uh, to where we're at today. That seems to be a real BC thing, or at least, uh, you know, uh, Canadian part of North America. Let's put it that way, because I'm um, trolling a wet fly. That's kind of how I think a lot of us started, whether it's leeches or spr- yeah. Spratleys or 52 Buicks. Brian, why don't you speak to some of the people that have been influential in your fly fishing journey? So if you kind of had to look back and say, well, this person kind of helped me along the way, or maybe... Maybe it's, um, you know, somebody you saw on YouTube, but who kind of, kind of helped you with your fly fishing learning curve? Um, well, I'd have to say, um, the big one started because back when it was about 95, 96, when I was really getting into it. And, uh, you know, back then they didn't have YouTube or anything. So I was reading a lot of books. I'd have to say Brian Chan was probably, uh, the biggest influence that I uh, had on me when I was just starting out. I took a course over at, uh, back in the day, there was a Ruddix fly shop on Granville Island and, um, he, uh, did a, a two day course there. And, uh, so that was the, I took that course for a couple of days. He did it in person and, uh, and, uh, that was a big stepping stone into learning, you know, about coronamids and things like that. Uh, I, back then we weren't using them a lot, but, um, mm-hmm. he was very helpful in, in, uh, in getting that, that kind of going, especially with, he had, even then there was a few books out that he had that, uh, that, um, really helped out. 
Yeah, good point. I mean, I, we were fortunate enough to have Brian on the show, and he, in my mind, he is a legend, and the guy knows so much. It, uh, he really does, and he's so helpful with it, too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, that's something I really do admire in the fly fishing community. Most people, if you just ask them, they're going to tell you the answers, and they're going to help you out, but yeah, that's... Uh, what about you, Mark? Uh, if you had to cite some influences, would Brian be in that group as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and sport, sport fishing on the fly, Don. Um, yeah, Brian, like like you guys are saying, anytime I had a question or whatever, you, you send him a message, he always, always responds and been super helpful. Uh, the forums have been super helpful. Like I, I, when I first started looking into it, I got onto that Fly BC forum. Um, Woody, Shaggy, Hoof, Sharpie, John Kent, <laughs> Jack Simpson, all those guys, and and the great discussions there and debates and and uh, it was funny. I was always having the the commercial fishing debate with these guys <laughs> about how that's affected uh, fishing. Hmm. Um, and and then uh, FlyGuys.net, Rob yep. was super helpful, and and because we're stuck down here, I mean, he was always helpful with advice and what lakes yeah, are Rob's fishing well, good. and yeah. Yeah. Um, still, then the Stillwaters site for sure, you know, Brent and, and all those guys, Trevor, Josh Martins, all those, you know, fly tying influencers and mm-hmm. Stanton and, you know, all those guys are amazing and we all help each other out and talk to each other. And yeah, it's a great community. Yeah. Uh, super helpful. Yeah. It's been great. Um, and, and then we started dabbling in the, sorry, in the, in the comp, um, Todd had a couple of, uh, uh what were they, Brian, those, those, uh, yeah, those seminars out of yeah, the seminars, right? So Todd and and Learmont and Wilkinson and Tuchniak, all those guys have been super helpful. I feel like you're Riverside. naming a list of people that have been on the show. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. We're so yeah. honored to be a part of it, and and, and feel like we're just kind of like the working class here. But <laughs> hey, hey, me <laughs> too. Awesome. So yeah, no, it's uh, and I've seen what you guys have been up to with with BC Fly Tie guys, and mm-hmm. I I know how passionate you guys are, and uh, I did more. I did reach out to Mark quite some time ago, and he's like, you know what, I, <laughs> I, I I'm kind of shy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. I get that. And it's like, um, not everybody wants, but it's so chill, right? We're just, we're all speaking the same language. And, and for oh, me, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool to be able to connect with people throughout, you know, the province, the country. And, and, uh, in fact, most of our listeners, to be quite honest, are stateside. So, um, yeah. thanks for doing this guys. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, well, and I think just, sorry, just to well, interrupt ahead. there, yeah. um, speaking of influences, I guess one of the reasons why we're on, together is is we've been boat partners for so long and uh yeah brian has definitely been an influence for me and i think i have been for him and and we've really played off each other and that's yeah. you know kind of a big part of what we'd like to share as well how how yeah, cool 100%. is 100 brian jump in on that like how cool is it to have your boat partner like to me that is a really special thing because uh, you know you're one or two or three buddies that you fish with all the time but there's always there's always that one or two people that you have a special connection with that you kind of know what each other's thinking you've been there done that you can reminisce on so many trips what does it mean to uh um first off kind of go into business on the side hustle with mark but also spend so much time on on the still oh man it you uh, can't even explain um in detail how how good it is to to like mark and i we've been fishing so long together it's just um 
we make such a good team. We have kind of different approaches to um, to being out on the water, and they complement each other. So rather than have two two people that do exactly the same thing all the time, um, you know, we we have like I'll go out, and I'm more of a guy. Mark is so good at experimenting. I've always said that ninety uh, percent um, of what I've learned is from Mark because he goes out and he'll experiment. So I'm kind of more the guy that um, I'll I'll try a few things. Meat and potatoes. Find out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Meat and potatoes. Once I I'll try a different things until I find out what's what's working, and or Mark finds out wor- what's working, and then I'll stick with it. I'm like I'm catching fish. I just want to keep catching fish. <laughs> Whereas Mark is the type of guy. It's 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 amazing, and I wish I was more that way. Is um, like we could be getting into fish one after another. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this. <laughs> and, oh, and he'll switch man. off. You're speaking and my language I, there. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't, love that. And, and so it, it's, it's amazing. And that's the best part. So I know like I can try something and Mark will have, have me as a baseline and, um, and then he can go off and try other things. Mm-hmm. And if it works, we've learned something new. And uh, if it doesn't, he keeps experimenting until, uh, he finds something else, and then if it doesn't, you know, he comes back. If I'm still catching fish, he'll come back and and uh, you know go back to what it is. But so many times we, because of that, we've we've learned yeah. so much stuff with regards to whether it's color or it's size or it's mm-hmm. this particular pattern or a different pattern that we wouldn't have known if Mark didn't do the experimenting that he had. I love that. Mark, maybe you can, yeah. what what you just said, Brian, really speaks to me because I'm that guy too. It's like when it's on, that's when I start experimenting. It's like, if you're not catching yeah. much, then go to what you know. But that is in my mind, Mark, that's the perfect time to go. You know what? Does this work with a red rib? Let's try it with a different size bead. Let's... Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I was just, I posted recently something about that. Uh, there was a time on Hathium where Brian and I were fish, <clears throat> fishing and actually Brad Ray was there, one of your buddies. And uh, we we were into fish, size, what was it, 18, 16 chronomids, one after another. It was amazing. But we also saw some of the bigger bombers coming off at the same time. And I thought, oh, man, you know what? Of course they're going to want a bigger meal. So I throw on the bigger chronomid and nothing. Go back to the small one, get fish. I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe it's the pattern. Go back to the bigger one, try different things. Uh, not working. Go back to the small one. Keeps working. And and meanwhile, Brian the whole time was you know stayed with the small one, and it was working the whole time. So hmm. you kind of learned a lesson there that you know how often we talk about going up a size just to stand out. Well, it's not yeah. necessarily always that way. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's always something new to learn. It's yeah. it's uh, that's what's so fun about it all. I guess that's what I like about it all. Well, it's crazy. Like we've been going in in the Oh man, 20 plus years that we've been going together. I swear there's not a, a trip that we go out that we don't mm. learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Even on the same lake. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and just when you think, you know, what's going on, that's when, like you said, that's like, it just kind of, you hit the reset button. It's like, well, yeah, ne- right. ne- you never... get humbled pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and that to me is an attractive thing about this because, uh, it, you are messing with nature and nobody messes with nature. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's right. They make the rules. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Well, hey, listen, I want to take some time to get to know your guys kind of off the water and kind of your day-to-day tendencies. You ready for uh, what I I like to call, uh, I call them off-cuff questions, but they are kind of calculated just to be 
just to be, I started doing this, guys, because what I found is some when I started interviewing some people, they were nervous. So I'm like, well, let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. What kind of tunes you listening to? Who are you cheering for? Who, you know what I mean? So then all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, oh, you just go down these roads. But let's talk music. So Mark, start with you. Um, when you and Brian are heading to a, a lake, are you fighting for what's on the stereo, or like what what? is playing in your truck on the way there <laughs> well brian's doing most of the driving so it's uh it's he's got control of the radio but it's 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 basically his playlists of 80s 90s type of music and and often he'll uh he'll download a comedian and and he loves going to comedian um uh shows all the time with stand him and his up, mom. yeah yeah stand-up comedian so yeah. he'll always have something like that going so we have some good laughs going up and what what about you, Brian? Are, are you a music guy? Are you like well? It sounds like you like the stand up. Yeah, no. Um, um, basically, uh, we're you know being the age that we're at, we're kind of the eighties, nineties hits kind of guys. Um, I like nineties alternative Nirvana and uh, um, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, that kind of thing. Which is kind of funny because uh, uh, I've got a eighteen year old daughter that's just starting to get into uh, alternative music, so I've been kind of getting into that again more than. Uh, than I have in the past. It's been pretty good. You know what? Kids are great for that because they introduce us to so, so I know I got two 20 year olds and they, they put me onto tunes and I'm like, I would never heard this if, if uh, I wasn't fo- yeah, following right. your TikTok account. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. So let's talk patterns guys. One go-to fly pattern you cannot live without. And, and I know that this, this is going to be an interesting question for the both of you. Let's start with you, Brian. What is one pattern you are reaching for more often than not? My, my standard go-to pattern. The first one that I always put onto a lake before, you know, even if a lake, I don't know is uh, I've got a flashback pheasant tail that I use that, uh, is basically a pheasant tail pattern with, uh, with a um, anti-static bag um, back on it, mm. and um, that's that's definitely been my go-to. That that thing has proven itself more times than not. Hmm. So that's that's the pattern that I always start with. What do you like to tie that on for a hook? Uh, I usually use a fourteen curve nymph hook, two yeah. X. Beauty. Is that under an indie, or is that? Um, are you stripping it? Are you on a floating line? How are you yeah. fishing it? That's indie. That's all. It's always indie, which is kind of counterintuitive whenever i tell people that that's what my go-to fly is and i say that it's under an indicator i always get kind of a weird glance but uh it's that's definitely my go-to fly yeah send indicator guys we get used to that though in a hurry right (laughs) yeah there's nothing i won't there's nothing i won't put underneath an indicator uh mark what about that's right mark what's your go-to so um so we, we we know we know the old uh mayfly nymph is down there for brian what what about for you oh yeah the brian's i i can attest to his mayfly nymph for sure but yeah mine is the uh uv leech so mm-hmm. no matter what's going on in the morning usually hatches aren't happening then that's the first thing i throw on and, and again that's under the indicator too you you guys are freaking me out i had the same conversation two nights ago with with uh well the previous show because um, yeah. I do record these, <laughs> it's not live. But um, when you know we're we're, we're gung ho to fish the crannies, right? We're, we're we're tying we're tying them all winter long, and then and then all of a sudden you get out there and it's like thirty two degrees. It's like the ice has barely come off. 
It's zero Celsius. There's no hatches going on. You got all these crannies. It's like, where's that UV leach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mark's UV leach is it's an anomaly. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. I tell you. What I keep just, telling him it's not the leech. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I like it. Describe this fly, Mark. What when you say UV leech, first off, what color, what size? Oh. How do you tie these oh, things? Are they yeah, are it, they balanced? No, it's a black and maroon. Uh black and maroon red tail. Um it it's the I still am clinging on to the last bit of my still waters uh maroon dub that Chan and Rowley put out a while ago, mm-hmm. and red wire with uh, the UV I call is is the uh, UV crystal flash that I wrap with the red wire rib. Okay. And uh, and just a you know just a three thirty second bead. Um, I started doing them on jig hooks and it didn't hurt. It kept working, so uh, that's been my go to for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Good. Yeah, it's funny we haven't really trended to that balanced like. Um, Mark started no. tying them on jig hooks, and man, that thing honestly yeah. is unbelievable. And <laughs> and we haven't gone to the balance part. We haven't found that that hmm. requirement as of yet. It's funny <laughs> you say that. I, there's there's days I find that the balance outperforms, and there's days that I find it's not as good. So it, I think it really depends on the water and 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 yeah. more importantly, yeah. the strain of rainbows that you're fishing for, because I think that yeah, yeah. makes a difference. But. Um, Okay, <laughs> I like where we're going. Let let's talk favorite place to talk fly fishing, guys. So, um, Ryan, is there a coffee shop, a fly shop, you know, in South Surrey area? Is there somewhere you go to get your fix, fly fishing wise, when you're not fishing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I my guy is Ryan at Michael and Young. We okay. I'll go there. <laughs> so I'll go in and and I'll end up two hours later. I'll come out and. Uh, I won't even know where the time had gone, but uh, yeah, <laughs> M- Michael and Young is where I go to over there. I love it. That <laughs> yeah, is so true. It's it's, a, it's like a time warp. For me, going into a fly yeah. shop is like you might as well just write off two, three hours. Oh, man, and two and three hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that means you got to sell it's more. Worse than going to Costco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That means you got to sell more flies, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Mark, what about you? Where's your go-to? Is and don't say the same place, man. You got to oh, You got to You got it. <laughs> Brian's taking the good answers. So, um, is there social media? Okay. Is it somewhere like Stillwaters? Is it where do you get your fix? Yeah, the the fix is social media for sure. I guess uh, the Stillwaters app and and YouTube. Oh man, that's a whole. That can take you down to so many different, uh, you know, you end up in New Zealand or <laughs> Patagonia. Oh, yeah. But uh, I love YouTube. I love the forums. Um, I love, we're going to have one tomorrow night, a fly tying night with the buddies. That's the best. Yeah, Sit around and, and talk about the same old stories. <laughs> Is this in person or virtual? In, in person. Oh, no, that's yeah. the way to go. That, yeah. Yeah. We did do, over the pandemic, we we, did, we, yeah. we went right to the Zoom calls when it was right in the heart of it there for a bit. It's so not we the did same, Zoom, though, is it? Zoom ones, <laughs> no, but it wasn't no. the same. No. No, not the, even close. The beer always tastes better when you're in person, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, guys, let's talk sports. So being both lower mainland guys, uh, Brian, who are you cheering for? So is there a team, whether it's football, hockey, baseball, basketball, um, if you're sitting down to watch your sport who are you pulling for yeah mark and i are canucks guys for sure <laughs> whenever the canucks are playing i have a remarks place we bring our vices and and we tie and watch the canucks 
Well, they're on a roll yeah, of good or bad. You talk about you yeah. talk about a three sixty. Well, that's the thing. We were, you know, we 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 were sticking with it through that whole downturn. Uh, so we're hoping this is a bit of a payback for for being loyal. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they. Well, for those that don't follow Canucks, and I know there's lots that listen to this podcast that don't. They've done some some wholesale changes of late, and and it's like they basically went from losing every game to winning every game, which is like, yeah. and and really haven't changed a whole yeah. lot on the team, have they? <laughs> Just swapped the coach. Yeah, weird. Well, they got a good one for sure, but um, good stuff. So you're both Canucks fans. Any other sports we should know about? Is there any uh, you know Whitecaps, uh, Seahawks? Um, any other uh, teams you guys follow? Mark's a, a renowned curler. <laughs> not, oh, not renowned. yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. like, like we're talking competitive curling here. Well, we'll, we'll call it beer league or club competitive <laughs> curling. We're, we're not those guys. but I, uh, I think you're we being... We did a... have a good run. We did win nationals for a club men's championship a couple of years ago. So Right on. I do love competition. I used to be in judo. Okay. Um, did nationals a few times, and and wow. so I, I love competition, and uh, love watching sports. Love watching my kids' sports. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm watching Canucks. I'm watching golf. I'm watching curling. Good stuff. Pretty much anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I even watch those. Uh, what what are those? Uh, the American Bass tournaments there. Oh man, like those are fun sometimes. Bass Masters. Oh, the stuff? Bass Masters that yeah. you're watching there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <they're, laughs> the, yeah, those guys kill me, man. That that is some serious. What you know? What kills me about that is okay. So, you talk about polar opposites. Here we are, either hitting the water in a U U boat or a, a pontoon boat. You got the oars out. It's very quiet, <laughs> and it's like the sun is coming up, and those like uh, three hundred horses are roaring. <laughs> I, I, somehow we got to find a way to do that with fly fishing. But I, yeah, I, you got like eighteen rods laying on the side, ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got my, I got my UV leech on six rods and seven <laughs> different colors. And yeah. 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 Tunkle will love that. Hey, that's not a 9.9. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh man. Could you imagine? Uh, okay. Um, I'm getting off track. Let's get back to, okay. So, so biggest lesson that you guys have learned on your fly fishing journey. So Brian, if you had to distill down why you do, what you do why do you spend so much time chasing fish why do you spend so much time at the vice kind of what does it bring to your world oh man um i think it's one of those things that there you you don't like it's like we're saying before you go to the lake thinking you know everything and instantly you're humbled um i think it's just like i say when we go out every single trip that we go on i swear we learn something new so it's it's kind of that that uh, never ending story where you it's just the 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 uh, drive to try and figure it out even though you never will um like mm-hmm. if you if you went out every day where you just every day you went out and you got 100 fish and you'd come home and then you go out the next day and get 100 fish you'd you'd stop doing it yeah um because it would just get boring so it's that it's that you know strive when we're tying flies even though uh, I know the fish could care less. I'll, you know, I'll take that extra 10 minutes just to, you know, re-space the ribs on a, on a coronamid just because it makes it look better. And, uh, and that kind of to thing, you. just that, that constant strive. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's right. That, so just, uh, that constant strive to be better. 
I heard it said that Panas do count ribs. <laughs> Blackwaters <laughs> don't. Away, they've got six. Nope. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark, same question to you. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian kind of said it's that it's, it's the journey. Like I think back to when we uh, started fishing and you're just happy to be out there and you've got all this book knowledge and you're trying everything, but there's like, there's no intuition. You're just kind of out there trying what someone told you to try. Then you kind of get to that point where, where you've had some good days and you think you know it all. And you're telling everybody, this is how you do it. This is the pattern. This is what works. (laughs) And then you start having those days, like you said, where we realize we don't know it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of enter that experience phase, you know, where everything's not black and white anymore. Mm-hmm. And and you realize, man, there's so many ways to do this. There's so many different patterns to use. Uh, it's funny, before my patterns were, were, I mean, they're still detailed. We still love doing it as perfect as we can get it or as natural. But you're kind of learning that sometimes the ones that mimic more than one type of fly are the better fly to use. Just to dial it in kind of thing. I swear, um, I swear that's that UV leech because it, you know what, depending on <laughs> the size, yeah. that could be a dragonfly. That it could, could be, be yeah. it could be, um, sure. it could be a case cat, you know, it could be yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, exactly. So you, you get to that point where, I don't know, intuition takes over more, I think, is when you become mm-hmm. a little bit of a better fisherman. You're, you're not just going by a book or, yeah. I don't know. And you're trying different things like, you know, like Brian was saying, I, I love experimenting. I love experimenting with the flies, trying new things. I tried to do those, those stupid wing buds on the chronomid for, for years. Yeah. And I could never get them looking good. And then uh, Josh Martins came up with what he did. And Stanton was, was copying that and doing an amazing job with his flies. Like one of the most ridiculous fly tires I've seen. Um, yeah, Trevor's chronomids. Like I called him, talked to him about how he did his ribs. Like it, just that learning and that community is is the best part. So I don't know. You oh, put back to the question. You, it's the experience. It's it's getting experience. It's experimenting to get the experience to improve your intuition. How about that? I like it. Are you putting yeah. wing buds on your chronomids now or not? Never. No. no. Me neither. No. It's it's always <laughs> and most of them will tell you that, right? It, it's it's more. I mean, I think a lot of people do use it, but I, I just use, you know, rusty brown, burnt orange as a thorax just to give that little bit of, uh, you know, hint of a wing bud. Mm-hmm. But, I'm just um, fishing Doc Spratley's in 37 sizes and colors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, trying... one day is an experiment. Like, it'll go down in history. One day is an experiment. Oh. Mark and I were out fishing on a lake, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to throw on a hook with a white bead on it and see what happens. And, uh, and yeah, I was into fish. Really? So, See, they're not super fussy. That's it interesting. It was a good chronomid day. It was a good chronomid day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clear water or tea colored? It was kind of tea, a yeah, little bit tea, tea, not super yeah. clear. Yeah. That's when I find that yeah. that white bead does help sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Fill in yeah. the blank for me, Brian. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Oh, man. Um, usually I, I would have to say either fly tying or, um, Mark and I are call of duty guys. We play call of duty Don't with a bunch of guys too. Yep. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Or working, unfortunately work is thrown in there, but, uh, 
<laughs> that's 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 so the means to an end. You've got uh, Sandpiper Mechanical. What, what exactly is your day job entail? Um, I uh, run a, a, a mechanical contracting company. We do uh, plumbing systems for uh, new multifamily residential construction. Yep. So high, you know, towers, wood frame, uh, apartment buildings, townhomes, that kind of thing. Good stuff. How's business? You guys, so are you busy? Yeah, it, the, the construction in the Lower Mainland is 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 on fire. That's for sure. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be the case. Um, yeah. It, Mark, what about you, man? When when you're not fly fishing, what are you doing? Oh boy, you always ask him first. Yeah, playing Call of Duty. <laughs> don't tell my wife. But, uh... <laughs> I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you first. Next. No, man. I'm or at at the driving range, at the curling rink. Um, yeah, I don't like sitting too much. Yeah. Uh, over the holidays here, it was painful because we couldn't get out on the river. So I was watching a lot of uh, binging a lot of shows. Uh, mm-hmm. You spent a lot of time at the Vice, obviously, too, right? Oh, that, yes. I mean, yes, that's... yes. <laughs> it's you... nonstop all year round. Yeah. I, Brian laughs at me. I, I basically purge my box every year, and every year it's, it's over 200 <laughs> flies that I bag up and yeah, I do give away or sell to some people. Yeah. I, yeah, and the next thing, starting to tie them up again right up, right afterwards. Speak to me <laughs> about that mindset, guys, because I'm like that too. It's like whatever I used last year, and oh, that's so last year. <laughs> you know, you come through a winter, a winter season of tying, and it's like everything's new. Yeah. What's that about? Because, I mean, it's I, like, I mean, I'm sure you knew what the hell you were doing last year. Well, I don't know what it is, but, like, you tie a fly. It looks so good as you're doing it. You put it in your box. You You come back and look at it you know, a few months later or a year later, and it doesn't look good. It's like, well, I could do better than that. And that's part of it. Part of it is, is it's the, it's a stress relief. It's, it's a craft as my wife calls it, my arts and craft table, you know? Yeah. 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 Then you end up tying way more than you need anyway, just because you're burning time. And I'm trying new things. And so I have these one-offs, all the one-offs. I can't stand the one-offs. Oh, that's me too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling your pain. Let Mark, I'm coming to you first for this one. Cause I don't want any flack on this All right. best job you've ever had. Are you doing it now or I'm doing it now? Oh, yeah. What is your day job? I, I was laughing. So I, I teach grade five, six, grade six, seven, depending on the year. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a captive audience. Like I can tell them my fish stories of the weekend every Monday and they love it or they hate it but they know me as the fishing guy. Everything I get for Christmas is big bass pro shop or berries or Michael's. Um, uh, I love doing, I do a field trip every year with the kids. I take them to uh, learn to fish program at the um, freshwater fishery society. In BC. That's awesome. They, they have a pond at the back. Yeah. I get them to study um, trout insects, uh, life cycle, that sort of thing. I tie the flies for them and they use those flies under, you know, spinning real bobbers. So uh, hmm. most of these kids, especially in Richmond, you know, like they've never been out. They've never caught a fish. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's full, fun to share that with people. Yeah, full disclosure. Um, I have never, ever talked, had an actual conversation with Mark before, but I know he's a teacher. I know what school districts he's in. And I said to him, I said, hey, do you know Brad Ray? He's like, yeah, really well. I'm like, I know that guy since I was four years old. It's like you talk about yeah, three, you know, six degrees of separation. I uh, I get a kick out of oh, this because yeah. it's yeah. Uh, 
It's all intertwined somehow. Um, it is. Okay, Brian, your turn. Best gig you've ever had? Are you doing it with Sandpiper or... Or may, may, oh, maybe yeah, maybe sure. it's with BC Fly Tie guys that's taken over. <laughs> that that the the BC Fly Tie guys that's that's like a, the stress relief portion of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been doing that. I I started my plumbing apprenticeship in '92, so I mean, I was just barely out of high school. Uh, you know, I had the the odd jobs before that, but I've been doing that so long. It's basically the only job I've had. So um, that would definitely have to be. You know, my favorite one. Good stuff. What's the worst job you've ever had, Brian? The worst. Oh man. The worst job. Yeah. Um you know, uh <laughs> I've only had a couple of I'd have to say back in the day when I was I was still in high school, I worked at a couple fast food restaurants, the old Burger King and KFC. And, uh, and coming out of there smelling like uh, hamburgers at, at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, that was probably the worst one. I thought you were going to say guiding Mark. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, no, no, Mark always, Mark is more of the guide than me. I'm like the Mark, Hey, where should we go? <laughs> He's okay. like, I think we should try over here. Okay, let's go. Mark, what's, what's your worst gig that uh, you're, that you're willing to talk about? Well, it, it, you know what? It's kind of the best and the worst, but it was it was commercial fishing with my dad. So when you're a teenager, being out on the water with your dad all summer isn't the best. And then when you're uh, on the West Coast and puking over the side while you're getting fish 24-7, <laughs> isn't the best. But right. looking back on it, I appreciate like the scenery, the wildlife. It was amazing. The seals, the whales, right. dolphins, eagles. Like It was insane. The little hideaways that you know, the Japanese fishermen, they all get together. Everyone brings food together, and, and you all sit there and have this amazing seafood meal. That is a, a heck of a yeah. culture in Steveston, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's almost gone. Yeah. Or changed, I should say, yeah. So but. talk to me about the catch-and-keep mentality versus the catch-and-release mentality. That's got to be a bit of a 360. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't keep anything on the lake. Uh, very rare, if ever. I used to keep the odd one for my father-in-law. He couldn't understand why we went out there. All right, guys. So, so talk to me. Let, let's talk about what you guys are up to with your side hustle, because I love talking side hustles. Like we, <laughs> I know, like we all have them. We're all passionate about what we do day to day. But I think having that little bit of, and you, you guys mentioned it already. That little creative outlet is kind of a stress relief. It's like I do this because I love it. I don't give a crap if I make a ton of money at it. I do it because I like it. Talk to me, guys, about how you came together to decide to start. BC fly tie guys, because, uh, I, I'd like to hear that a little bit. Um, Mark, you, you go first. <laughs> Mark. Oh, okay. No, it's always Mark. Now it's gotta be, it's gotta be Mark first. <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I don't know. I sort of started, I, I just was amazed that people loved my chronomets and, uh, and then decided, huh, I've got a bunch here tied. I'll sell them. And, and, Basically, I on that Stillwater site, I had a set of 10 or something, and I put it up for sale, and I got, like, so many uh, messages that that kind of started. And then I, I tied those ones myself in the back. It's too much work. And uh, brought Brian in. Brian is the better tire by far. Really? Like, wow. Meticulous. That's saying like something, because I've seen your yeah, patterns. Huh. His, but his, he's so meticulous. 
uh, like sure the one i'll pick the best one of the and most of us do this the best one of my five or whatever to take a picture of right you know, at the perfect light but every one of brian's like pheasant tails are unbelievable like every hmm. tail is separated perfectly into a three you know a trident there like it's it's ridiculous wow but, so and and then we thought you know what we're always fishing together let's throw our money into a paypal and let's use that for whatever we want <laughs> fishing related so yeah we kind of keep that for fishing related stuff we bought rods we bought boat bags we've gone on trips uh, fishing trips good stuff so it's that's kind of what we're doing it for and and uh yeah i don't know I, i'm proud of what we do and what we tie and Mm -hmm. and uh you should yeah. be you but should... I, I definitely don't want to mass produce like yeah um don don sportfish on the fly actually he asked if i would be interested in tying for their site and told me about like how many i'd have to tie and i thought holy cows i think i would hate it after that so well, here we got to do custom stuff right what people are interested in so you want to know something funny guys um I, i'm older than you guys probably i don't know how old you guys are but i'm like my approaching mid 50s and i had a fly fly tying yeah we're in the same boat okay oh that's <laughs> it's sinking fast i yeah. i had <laughs> don't say that i had a business called cascadia fly fishing company and this is in the late 80s early 90s and hmm. i would go around to all these you know there was a fly shop in every city back then right they were everywhere yeah. so you just go in and yeah. say hey you need some spratlies you need some carry specials you need whatever and and i would get home and i would have to tie like six dozen olive woolly buggers and i swear to god yeah. i i walked away from <laughs> it and I, I know exactly what you're talking about it just ruined yeah. it for me it's like when you mass produce anything it kind of takes the fun out of it you know yeah yeah six dozen flies is that's a lot of flies to pump out in a row Oh crap! You get pretty good at it, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'm into dial box now. <laughs> I saw that, and and I know that that is a great competitive pattern. And I will tell yeah. you that I was fishing with your good buddy John Wilkinson, and he gave yeah. me one. And it looked a little different than the ones you're tying, but I threw that on, and I got snapped off second cast. And I'm like, wow. uh, I didn't want to ask him. Yeah, for his an, are really nice. I didn't want to ask him for another one, but uh, <laughs> it was like. He's like, why did you set the hook in two feet of water? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. What I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, that's one of the biggest things to get used to because, you know, um, Mark and I are, are essentially indicator. We have an indicator background. And and it, to be honest, we really just like, I mean, we always did, you know, in the background, we'd do cast and retrieve, but we never really um, went to it as our go to. And um, I did a couple comps when you had to do you know, you're droging and you do the cast and retrieve and the setting is the biggest thing because on an indicator you do that hard indicator set but when you when you're doing the cast and retrieve you basically just keep stripping hard and it's so easy to snap something off when you're doing that yeah yeah true and and you know what amazed me is 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 fishing with somebody that caliber because i normally it's just you know it's me and my buddies on the weekends and i'm going like this is work. <laughs> this is, yeah, the old like, guys know what they're I, doing. I want a sandwich and I want to like, you know, have a little or whatever. I I I, <laughs> I just want to chill out. And it's like I've got yeah. all of a sudden I got this sock on my finger, so I got I don't have burns because I'm stripping so much. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy crap, this is a sporting event. 
yeah. Well, our, our oh, mutual yeah. buddy uh, Ishvan, and he's a comp guy as well. And we were a part of Team Shadow with Stanton. There, it was Stanton, me, Brian, and and Ishvan. And Ishvan loves cast and retrieve, and we keep trying to get him to come over to the uh, you know quote unquote dark side with the indicator. But he loves fishing that way. He loves catching catching fish that way. And like yeah. kudos to him. He sticks with it no matter what. If we're pounding fish, he still sticks with it. Sooner or later he gets his. But uh hmm. he actually influenced me to start fishing more with, you know, the the sink lines. And so now I've got my my intermediate sink and my full sink and uh so you're we're getting into it a little you're bit. You're counting more. down. I'm mixing it up, yeah. counting down, yep. Yeah, that... And then one day, Mark was hammering him doing that. And I'm sticking with the indicator, and I'm like, okay. Next day, I was over at Muck and Young picking up a, a bloody fly line. I was thinking <laughs> uh, intermediate line because I, I I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna get hammered like that again. <laughs> it's funny how that happens though, and then that's, that gets back to what you guys were talking about. The second you go, okay, this is what worked last time. And it's like, well, all of a sudden they're on the indies, or all of a sudden they're on the strip. It's like that's right. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. That's the beauty. So I'm I'm curious, guys, if you have anything weird that's happened to you in your time on the water. Um Mark, let's start with you. Like is has anything, you know, whether it's a wildlife encounter, anything kind of weird? Um, you know, oh, yeah. like I caught the same fish three times in one day or <laughs> okay. Oh, Mark's yeah, got a story about that. I got some good ones, but yeah, this one. So I don't know if you remember uh, Freshwater Fishery Society launched that uh, those little pink tags on trout where you got a hundred bucks if you caught one and handed it in. I do not. I don't know. No, I was, what was that, about six or seven years ago when we were with a bunch of guys on Sheridan and, and we knew that was out there. So we went Okay. and uh, there's about four or five of us on there and uh, I caught a fish. Oh, God, I was the only one to catch one there. And I caught a fish and it had the pink tag. <laughs> Wow. And so I, I I took it, cashed it in, got my hundred bucks. Um, next year, same group of guys and fishing uh, over by the weeds. And I get another fish with a pink tag. I'm like, holy crap. I wonder if they're still There's doing like this. 1,600 <laughs> in the entire province and Mark hooked two of them. Yeah. So just wait, just wait. Then as I'm getting it in and I'm just getting into the net, I lose it. Gone. I'm so mad. Next day we go back there. I'm fishing the same area. Caught it again. Got it. Got my hundred bucks. <laughs> that is wild. It was insane. The same yeah. fish. Yeah. So yeah. what was that? And I won, and I won the tournament that week. What was that tag <laughs> about? You? Was it like a little clip that you just cut off? Yeah, it was just a promotional thing. It was it was tagged uh, in near the dorsal fin there. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, was it the same fly pattern? <laughs> it was the uv leech caught me our our weekend winning fish there really that that first weekend um that one was i think it was brian's pheasant tail actually huh <laughs> good stuff what about you yeah. brian you had anything well that that's pretty off the charts but have you had anything yeah. uh i'm sure i have a feeling you got something up your sleeve here but um <laughs> anything weird to talk <laughs> what, about you know there's so many, it's funny, like uh, so many weird things have happened. Like we've been uh, fishing in the middle of the lake and a bloody moose swam past us uh, one time. But uh, I think the one of the funniest ones we had was uh, Mark and I were over at Tonkwa one year. and it, Well, one day out of, out of that umpteen times that year. And it was the slowest day. Like we could not get anything going. We 
went about, we tried about 20 different places and, uh, you know, a hundred different fly patterns. We couldn't, we could not get a hit for anything. And, uh, it was later on in the day. Uh, we, we basically exhausted ourselves. We'd kind of resigned to the fact that it was going to be a slow day. And so we're just anchored up and, and, uh, nothing's happening. And keep in mind, nothing, our indicator hadn't moved all day. And, uh, so I opened up the lunch bag and I had a couple of granola bars in it. So I asked Mark if he wanted a granola bar. He says, yeah, sure. So I, I put down my rod, he put down his rod and I leaned over to pass him a granola bar. And at exactly the same moment, he was on one side of the boat and I was on the other. Both our indicators took off and our rod <laughs> like started screaming. And so we threw our granola bars down, grabbed and, and missed it. <laughs> like simultaneously we got the fish and, and lost them because we had a bloody granola bar in our hand. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I, love uh, I thought for sure you were going to tell the uh, the drunk boater story. Oh, yeah, the drunk <laughs> okay, boater Okay, now story. you got to tell it oh. now. you got to tell it now. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, I should have thought about when We were out <laughs> on the lake, and it was me, Mark, and my son. And uh, there was these two guys, uh, well, um, a husband and wife in a, in a V-bottom boat, and they were tearing around. Like, it's not a big lake, and they were tearing around all over the place. And we were just anchored up catching fish. And we actually said, you know, I got the feeling we're going to have to go over and save those guys pretty soon. And sure enough, you just hear the motor cavitate. And then we look over and the boat's upside down. And uh, oh, so we had to roll up the anchors and, and go over and and, uh, and try and get these guys going. Their boat, they had borrowed their friend's boat and they completely flipped it over and their their gas tank was floating around. All their stuff was sinking to the bottom of the lake. They we were gassed. It was about 10 in the, the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. How was the water uh, temperature? So we had to tow them back to uh, When was that? What time of year was that? I can't even remember. I, think, I don't think it was too bad. It was, it was probably cool. mid, you know, early summer. So, right. Uh, but, yeah, they were, they, they were uh, pretty uh, done for, for what time it was in the morning. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> It's I, I it's funny how um, if somebody asks you a good fishing story as somebody that does it all the time, it doesn't always come readily to mind. And all of a sudden, when when you got your good oh. buddy on, it's like, hey, well, what about <laughs> yeah. what about that time when we were, yeah? I've got ten more. I, I, you, oh man, the amount of give stuff me one more. Seen. Holy man, come on, man, Mark, you got oh, one. The, the, the eagle. Oh, I'm sure anyone's had this, but eagle took a fish right by the boat. Like, oh. hey, I could have touched the wing. It scared the hell out of me. Because it came kind of from that, behind, that was just like a year ago. I know, and and yeah, just ripped line as it took off, oh. right? It went right by Brian's nose. It was insane how close that was. Bald eagle. That was crazy. Yeah. Was oh, bald snake eagle. and like, the uh, snake, Jocko Lake, snake in my boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went to take. A, we had to relieve ourselves on the shore. We had our pontoon boat, and uh, the the shore at Jocko was just loaded with snakes. So anyway, Mark, uh, Mark and I came in and then Mark went out and uh, he went to dig into the side pocket of his pontoon. And somehow in the time that he was on the shore, a snake had climbed into his uh, pocket. So when he grabbed it, he thought there was a rope in there and it was a bloody snake. <laughs> that's, that's your anchor rope. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, I don't remember putting that in there. Hey, was that bald eagle? Was that on the island? No, no. It okay. was uh, just at the top of Coquella. Yeah, because I've had um, 
I know there's one specific eagle somewhere on, I forget the name of the lake, but I've had about five people tell me a story about a bald eagle oh, really? on a Vancouver <laughs> no, Island it lake. Was, I, I couldn't believe, like Mark, because uh, I was facing the other direction, and Mark was actually looking at it when it came down, and you, I could not hear that thing. Like, it oh, came well. in so quietly, yeah. and it must have gone about six feet over our head when it was going full board, and it had the fish with Mark's hook still in the fish oh, yeah. and it just started ripping line out and uh, <laughs> i didn't even hear the thing coming scared the crap out of us that's crazy i had something yeah. similar happen one time with an osprey and a loon the loon the <laughs> loon came up with the fish and then this osprey started and i it was on on my buddy's rod and then all of a sudden <laughs> the osprey is is bombing the loon <laughs> and that was like you, you know how those ospreys come down they're not oh, like man. eagles they're like oh, they're, man. they're no, it's they like mean business missile oh they come down yeah <laughs> yeah those are the things that i love there's always crazy things happening out there nature you can never put it in a box you know oh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's awesome like just the stuff that we like a giant cinnamon colored bear walking on the shore you know it's uh Hmm. The, the, that's that's some of the nicest stuff to see. Just on, you're just hanging out in the boat and watching the nature, yeah, go by. I'm just curious. So if we're listening to this, and I've seen the patterns you guys are tying up, I know they're really good. We're talking with Mark Yodagawa and Brian Hamanishi, uh, aka Flyfishaholic. Some of you guys will remember, recognize that <laughs> name. That's how I knew you, Brian. By the way, is not by your name, right. But by Flyfishaholic. <laughs> that's a real kind of that's me that's a modern day kind of social media thing though right it's like yeah i got brian who no no fly fishaholic you know oh fly fishaholic (laughs) that guy yeah 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 um shit my train of thought where was i going oh yeah so if somebody wants to pick up some of your patterns um what's the best way to do that are you guys on facebook have you got a dot com how do we find you how do we um how do we connect yeah, there's there's multiple ways. There's uh, we've got a BC Fly Tie Guys Facebook page where we I just we kind of post stuff ongoing. There's not really a category of things you can look at, but um, on there we have our website, uh, BC Fly Tie Guys dot webstarts dot com or something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for uh, <laughs> I told Rob this the other day. Rob Bruno from FlyGuys.net. He he's uh, we we kind of get each other's customers he well he gets more than mine he's he's uh, a bigger company than ours but uh, i kind of apologize to him for choosing that name and, and he was like well well i'm sorry like people keep looking for your stuff and they're coming to my site i'm like that's okay that's good all good we don't care that's, but, um, that's funny yeah, i was actually you good can, at you can message us on facebook or... yeah okay that's we, the we best custom... way yeah yeah and we'll do whatever you want or you could choose the ones we put on our website are ones that have worked for us yeah. and we know they work. And, and I we put it under like indicator type patterns because uh, that's kind of our, our first love, I would say. Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny yeah. you, you brought that up with uh, bcflyguys.net because I've had, I had Brandon on, uh, I tried, I tried to get yeah. Rob on, bought some boats often over the years and he's like i'm too busy man if if i come on your show i'm gonna sell more boats and i can't keep up i can't keep up right <laughs> I've now got, yeah it, i've yeah. got one of his 
Me too. What do you yeah. got? What? How many? That's the eleven six journey. Nice. I get the I get the nine six. But I'm telling you that that is the sweetest craft I have ever yeah. owned. Yeah. Oh, Hands down. it is. Mark, Hands down. Mark, what are you yeah, fishing on? Well, that. you guys are in the same boat, I assume. Yeah, but... we're we're in the same yeah. boat. So I mean, I've got about three guys with boats. So I've kind of avoided that. Um, I've uh, I had a pontoon, and we have a little. Uh, plastic what is that one called there right no, uh, backwater boat the backwater boats and oh, a yeah. float tube as well yeah a fish cat so basically if we support bc fly tie guys we're indirectly supporting bcflyguys.net because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> because you guys are just going to go and spend <laughs> and we're that happy money to do it you can just gonna go like... spend <laughs> that money on a new boat there you go yeah <laughs> oh, i love it good stuff yeah. um Put your artist hat on for me, Mark. Um, mm. Paint me a picture. Your dream day. So um, is it a still water? Is it moving water? What does it look like? Is there something nice to drink? Are you um, are you with Brian or did you say, no, no, Brian's staying home on this. This is my, this is my trip. <laughs> what, paint us a picture of your dream day. It's going out with my wife. No. Um... <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, it, it would definitely be with my buddy. Uh, I'm a total social fisherman. I, there's people that love getting out on their own quietly to a lake by themselves. Uh, I mean, that is awesome, too. I love being around where there's... I, I, we love going to Tunkwa. We go there quite a bit. Um, I love getting to Tunkwa in the morning, chatting with Al, uh, Richard, Jody, those guys that work there and, and share information and then heading out on the lake and seeing ken out there witty and and john if he's you know leaves his little puddle of a lake over in layton <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that's that gonna little, haunt that, you <laughs> i know man he, he gets me all the time the little it fresky is, riffle acronymate hatch there was one day uh, it was like one of the ones that live in both our minds uh, we headed out we saw little little pods of boats the acronymate hatch the bomber hatch was on and uh, we just kind of cruised out in the middle, wondering what we're going to do, where we're going to go. Are we going to join up one of these, you know, big rafts of boats? And and all of a sudden we see some chronomids emerging and we see some birds flying and we mark a couple of fish kind of 14 feet down and 20 feet of water and do our thing. And we're into fish and and that's kind of, I don't know, for me, the most satisfying hmm. going out there, figuring it out. Warm day, got my shorts on. Little fresky riffle, perfect. Are you on the uh, the bombers, the cronies, or the leeches? What do you What do you? Oh, it it it. You can't, man. That when that chronomid hatch is going on, that bomber hatch, it's just wild. Yeah. So yeah. definitely on that, and and I started getting into naked chronomid and full sink, depending, and and that's been a lot of fun too. I don't know why I love that chronomid. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. Like, what's the diff? Like, the fish doesn't care. They're just eating whatever they're eating. But well, for I some think... reason, I love, I'm going to that chronomid as soon as I can. <laughs> I think it's something that a lot of people don't understand until they experience it. And once you've experienced, when yeah. when it's on with chronomids oh. and strike indicators or whatever you're, oh. however you, it's indescribable. Because I yeah, think most is. people, if you have a good day on the lake and you catch five or six fish, great. But if, if you have a good chronomid, day and you're dialed mm. in you may have an 80 fish day you you don't you're oh, not yeah. even no. counting anymore no no you can't oh yeah there's nothing like that yeah i agree so yeah. uh, brian 
Is this the same day, or is yours kind of painted with a different colored uh, paint? No, I'd, I'd have to say I 100% agree with Mark. It's the same thing. Him and I out there just, you know, hanging out, uh, you know, nice, nice warm day, sitting around, just BSing and, and joking and our indicators constantly dropping. Yeah. It, it, that, that's, that's the best day. Like, I love just sitting out there. Mark and I, there's some days when we're just out there and, and we got tears rolling down our face because we're, you know, laughing so much and, and, uh, <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's just hanging Doing out. Doing the Cronenberg dance when the fish are crossing back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's right. Going underneath, you jumped over. <laughs> that, that was that one day it happened with the size 16. Yeah. Mark and I were just into fish. People are, like, we're with a bunch of buddies. They're swearing at us, and we're, we we got double headers going all over the place. He's climbing over me, and then I'm going over top of him. And it's, it was just, that, <laughs> that's just the fun part. Yeah. Do you guys ever go... Okay, I'm with my boat partner, but if I was on my own, I could have two rods, man. I could. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Tell the story. Come on. No, no. I've I've had one day like that. I had one day where I had two. At, this was at Tanqua too, or where the rods were going crazy. I had two going, but uh, you know, for the most part, I've just had nothing but headaches trying to keep two rods going properly. Yeah. Um. You know, I'll use one rod to you know to as a test rod and just see if my indicator goes down yeah. and stop trying to, uh, to grab it because there's like, uh, I've just had too many times where I'd have one rod in my hand and the other one would go. And then, you know, I'd go to grab that one and something would happen with this one. I never had the right rod in my hand at the right time anyway. So, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, totally happy just using one rod. I, I've got more confidence in rod when uh, Mark's got the other, the other rod going anyway because uh i know that he he's gonna have it better dialed in than with my second rod anyway so well and, and there's something about having it in your uh, the fishing rod in your hand when that fish bites too oh like, yeah yeah and it's just sitting there it's like well are you fishing i guess i don't know <laughs> i like i like I, it. I don't so many times we've seen it like the, we've seen guys where the fish will take the line and, and just run with it. But there's so many times, like I, uh, more times than not, when your indicator doesn't even go under. It just yeah. moves different than what you would think it was. And if you didn't have the rod in your hand, yeah. you, you'd miss it. Well, that's exactly so. right. And so for, for those that, that may not know this, so BC, we have some, some interesting rules. So we can't fish with a team of flies. You have to fish one fly. Mm -hmm. But if you are on your own in your boat, you can have two rods. So mm -hmm. like for me, that's a gong show. It's like I have all it's of a sudden, a gong show. well, your attention is split between two things. So you're really not doing anything right. You know what I mean? It's like you're half-assing yeah. this, yeah. you're half-assing that. Sometimes they're both going 100%. down. 100%. But that I'm with you on that, Brian. It drives me nuts. Like my buddy, he always fishes. Um, Stevie, he always fishes two rods when he's in his pontoon, and he usually outfishes me. But I will tell you that nothing drives me more crazy than seeing that indie go down and not even noticing it, and then it's like it pops mm -hmm. back up, and I'm like, damn it, I just missed a fish. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's exactly it with me too. I hate that. Oh yeah. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I get a little excited here. It's the middle of January. I feel I feel like oh, we need to go fishing. Oh man, it's the winter doldrums. I'll tell you that much. Ugh, killing me. So, 
Um, I was going to ask you guys when you're fishing crannies. So you're fishing crannies on. Say you got one rod out there. You're both in the same boat. You have an indicator out there. To move or not to move. Like when I say move, I mean to move the indicator, to move the line. I don't, I'm, I'm not talking about the boat or the anchor. I'm sure Mark's probably already got the anchors up and you're moving. But are, <laughs> yeah, are, 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 <laughs> well, I, I was ready to jump on that one. <laughs> are you? Are you? you give it, sometimes I find you go like one, two, three, and then just wait, and then it goes down, and then other times it's like don't touch it. Any thoughts ahead, on that? Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in the twitch. Yeah. The, the, you know, they, if rather than I like, rather than do the slow hand twist retrieve, I always been like a wait and then do a couple quick twitches, uh, and then wait and then do a couple quick twitches, twitches rather than slowly bringing it in because so many times you do a twitch and then boop, the indicator just drops uh-huh. like instantly. Yep. So I, I, that's, I'm always kind of leave it for a bit, twitch for a bit, leave it for a bit, twitch for a bit. And then, if you make it all the way in, then you just, you know, um, cast another 20 degrees to the left or to the right and uh, and do it over again. Worst case scenario, you throw it out there and then you grab a granola bar, too. That could work. <laughs> That's right. That that yeah. usually happens, too. Or, or, or you take turn the, lead. the other way. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Are you, uh, are you, are you twitching over there or are you just kind of like oh, doing the opposite well, of Brian? Geez. Again, you're, you're, you're doing whatever the fish are telling you to do, I think, is... Is what I would say. Like, there's definitely times where, so I got into doing naked chronomid. We we were on a lake in the Caribou, and this guy um, was casting uh, naked chronomid, doing really well. And I started talking to him, and hey, you know, like, I want to get into that more. He goes, Yeah, everyone here is fishing with a fly. I'm the only guy fly fishing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but, uh, so I, 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 I think I might know and, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in the zodiac. Yeah. Uh, and I started doing it, and, and it worked. So I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, really fun. So one day in Tonkwa, or, uh, I think it was Tonkwa, yeah, I'm doing it, not getting fish. Those guys are getting them on the indicator and not moving it too much. Like, so there's obviously the times where it needs to move and the times it doesn't. Uh, that day on half Hume, those size 16s, the wind was ripping, and the fish were just slamming them as it was, you know, we'd quarter it. And it would swing across the boat and fish were just hammering it. Like you didn't need to set it. Hmm. So it, it, it depends on the fish. Like yeah. there, there's so much, you know, you, you've got to, you got to try different things again, back to that, trying different things, experimenting, uh, never assuming it's going to be the same way it was the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting thing I noticed when, when I talked about with Ishvan, he's in the boat with us and, and doing his cast and retrieve is, when he's catching fish, for some reason, the indicator isn't always, you know, it's rare when we're both doing really well. It's always one or the other. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of interesting where there's times they want to chase it and times they just want to take their time and sip it. So yeah, you yeah. got to be uh, willing to try different stuff there. And then there's times I feel like you cast it and they'll take it right away on the indicator. It's crazy. I don't know if they're, you know, they're just down there looking. But when it's sitting there or twitching it back, it's not working. Like I kept lifting and casting and then they would hit it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. That was another, they liked it falling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've noticed that too. It's some, sometimes this, like you say, the second you cast to a new little piece of water or whatever, 
it's falling yeah. and you know your indicator goes down and you know that that fly hasn't settled yet yeah for sure that is weird i wonder yeah. why i'm sure there's an explanation for that that we're not oh. sure <laughs> hmm. yeah. anyway, let's overthink the hell out of this yes that's right <laughs> that's what fly fishing's all about that's yeah that's what we do yeah well i always go back to yeah they'll take a booby or a blob they'll take anything well that's true now are you guys fishing lots of blobs no 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 well that's yeah, honest. more no. more than we used to like, yeah we, I, i'm yeah i'm slowly giving them a whirl for sure I, it's always when things aren't going well yeah Last, yeah, they're not indicator. There's nothing hatching. Of course, I'm gonna throw that on and give it a whirl. And yeah, it, it works. I've caught fish with it. And I really want to do it under an indicator. Uh, talking with Brian Chandler, he swears by it. I, I'm not so sure they take it as Daphnia, but he says it does, so it must be. <laughs> so what do you do then, Mark? When you when you do a throat sample and all of a sudden it's full of Daphnia, there's no chronomids in sight. What are you throwing on? Well. If I'm getting a throat sample, that means I caught it on something. So, <laughs> oh, oh, burn! I'm still using it. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I'm starting to uh, look at those things. I do want to. I've never done a lake comp yet. Done a couple of rivers. Brian's done the lake, and so uh, I do want to learn. It, it's a different. It's different for sure. Like those guys are so good at what they do. Those competitive guys. Um, that cast and retrieve thing so it's definitely productive too certain times yeah so i want to be i want to be good all the time with everything <laughs> yeah fair yeah. anything you guys have coming up this winter like is there anything uh any do list anything you're trying to kind of check off the list whether it's time patterns or kind of planning trips for this coming season um what's going on in 2022 with uh bc fly tie guys man well i'm i'm just hoping that they get the coca halo opened up uh soon enough that we can get out and 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 get up to the interior my worst my worst case scenario is they don't open that thing up and we gotta make some serious adjustments with this summer's fishing schedule see i'm on the other side of that highway so that's my best case scenario you guys can't get here <laughs> that's so right. that's coming up. you got nobody you got lakes to yourself <laughs> Oh. oh yeah well i'm sure i pissed off half my listeners but that's uh <laughs> mark what about you yeah no I'm, I'm just refilling the fly box and uh i mean we we love to do a caribou trip sometime in spring that's been kiboshed two years in a row now i don't think we got any chronomid action last year so i'm just looking really? to get out there and do the reg- yeah no we didn't we weren't able to get up there for anything and then when we finally did the fire started happening and oh yeah yeah so yeah, uh, we literally yeah. we were on the lake for one of our trips and we, we got, got evacuated while we were on the lake we yeah. actually had to leave so was that, yeah, that logan lake one yeah was that that wasn't on tonqua Lo- oh actually on logan lake yeah yeah oh. that, we no, tonqua, that was on but... tonqua yeah 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 but we got some good fall fishing in i got 10 weekends in a row there so yeah. Did a lot of stump. That was fun. But, well, that uh, must be yeah. something, Mark. As a as a teacher, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your spare time is in the summers, so that's. I mean, is that kind of a um, part of what it's, you love about what you do? Because you have that time to to, oh, to get out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I've been working every summer too. I have a buddy of mine that has a painting company, um, commercial stuff, offices and things, and mm-hmm. so I've worked with him every summer. But I, I can take time off whenever I want. Right. 
with the kids, my son played a lot of hockey and uh, my daughter played soccer and baseball and all that. So we had a lot of things to pay for. Yeah. Brian, Brian, as a a business owner, are you just like, oh yeah, I'm taking this next month off? (laughs) No, unfortunately (laughs) it's the opposite. (laughs) <laughs> I figured, I'm like, I figured. if I can fit something in here or fit something in there, that's, that's a, that's a win. Do you ever wish you got into teaching? <laughs> Man, every time, every time Mark is like, yeah, I got something comes up in the summer. I'm like, uh, 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 the first thing I say is, oh man, I should have been a teacher. And then I'm like, oh, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to deal with the parents. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just have to tell them a few win. stories of what I had to deal with. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm out. Oh man, you guys are killing me. I, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Is, is there anything we haven't covered that we should? Is, are we, uh, I think we're pretty much up to date on what you guys are up to. And, um, I, I encourage anybody that's listening to this that wants to check out your patterns, BC fly tie guys. Um, these guys know how to tie, they know where the fish are and they know what to use. So, so check them out. And, uh, I wish you luck with, with the side hustle and, and I know you don't need luck with the day jobs. Um, <laughs> thanks guys for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks oh, Mark thanks for, having for having us. Having us. And yeah. We really appreciate it and, and feel honored to be a part of uh, a group of uh, really special <laughs> fishermen, people we look up to as well. So that was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Uh, you've been listening tonight to a chat with Mark Yodagawa, a teacher out of Delta, British Columbia, Canada. Also has a BC fly tie guys along with Brian Hamanishi, a.k.a. Fly Fishaholic. Um, thanks for listening this time around. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.